Hello and welcome to Epiphanies by Elango. Last session, but the best episode three on security at the corporate place by Bob Moore. Bob, on that note, and I think you painted a fairly um, grim picture. And if I was a CIO or CEO, and we've, uh, we have a few of them uh, watching um, these um, sessions, question would be is, what do I do after this uh, listening to you? What are those two, three things that you want me to initiate that will prevent or increases my uh, chances of uh, not being uh, vulnerable? So I think having a, some type of a security staff, a CISO is what is typically called a chief information security officer is, is key. Somebody that understands the security landscape and can take uh, charge of that. I've talked to a lot of CEOs myself, and as you say, they may be listening, and that really having a breach is the one thing that keeps them up in, at night. The, more than anything else, you can recover from a lot of things, uh, a lack of revenue like we sometimes see now with the pandemic that's going on, a dip in the revenue, we'll say. Uh, but having a, a big breach can just do terrible brand equity destruction. And so that's one thing that keeps the CEOs up is having a breach. Uh, and then there's all sorts of reporting requirements and uh, it's, it's a lot of pain and suffering. Having somebody uh, that's in charge in the security, in a small security team potentially, that can watch out for those type of uh, breaches or attacks is, is key thing to do. And the second thing I think is really having some type of security assessment. There are a number of assessment services out there that can cover overall handling of your email traffic, uh, the training of the employees, uh, and, and policies and procedures that you have for cybersecurity protection and determine if there are any vulnerabilities or weakness. Uh, and that's helpful because then you can take corrective action based on what that assessment might say uh, you're lacking. And then the third thing I would say is probably uh, of paramount importance, and that's the training of the employee population. It really is the human element is really the vulnerable uh, area, and it's what we see being attacked. And as the hackers get really insidious and start to use artificial intelligence, as I mentioned, it can be very, very difficult for employees uh, to understand what uh, links to click on and what not to and what passwords they need to have and why they need to change them and make them very strong and how they need to have their equipment uh, encrypted or not take it home. There are a number of things that employees really should be trained on uh, because you can manage and put in place a number of mechanical systems like a firewall, like the like a secure uh, BMC firmware that can detect and recover itself. But the human element is always changing. There's always a little bit of a attrition and turnover and you've got new employees coming in, they all need to be trained and up to speed. So I think that's probably the one of, uh, in my mind, of paramount importance of all of those. Thank you, uh, Bob. And there's one more that you didn't say and you're too modest to say is they can always call you. That's true. Now that you are <laughs> free from uh, corporate uh, bondages, you're available as a consultant and they could talk to you and you could be a consultant to help them think through their strategy and approach. Yeah, thank you. Yes, I am. Thanks for that plug. I am doing consulting now, so I'm free to help any and all companies that feel like they need a little bit of an assessment or, or a view into what they're doing right, wrong, or what they can do to improve. Yeah, and I, and I, and Bob, just having um, seen you and known you for a while now, I think the strength that you bring in is the fact that you understand the hardware, you understand networks, you understand the whole um, hyper-converged infrastructure and the application space. You're not 
a security expert in that sense. You are somebody who's seen the entire IT evolution, worked in a company like HPE that produces hardware and has been the pioneer in the silicon root of trust, which you've spoken about in uh, some of your uh, YouTube sessions. I think that's a benefit that somebody can get from um, getting somebody like you on board. We do have a number of uh, YouTube videos out there. That's true. If you uh, search for them, I'm sure you'll find a lot of those. Uh, typically, what you see with the cybersecurity experts is they're more in a consultative uh, role. And I grew up in the Compaq and HP and HPE as a product management. So uh, my responsibility has been to incorporate these cybersecurity uh, best practices into the products that are made and, and launched to market, as well as uh, with the employees that we have. So I do bring in that regard a new perspective, not just from the outside as a cybersecurity consultant that has all the certifications, but somebody that's actually built, made, and launched new products and understand how to build in uh, IT uh, security protocol so that your entire data center is the most protected it can be. Thank you for that, um, uh, Bob. And one last question before we let you go. In between, you did mention about partnering with IT companies and and um, and bringing in an integrator. One of the questions that I get from CIOs is: security is so key to our existence. How much of it should we outsource? How much of it should we keep internal? Um, and that's a question that they struggle with. Any uh, guidance for um, uh, uh, for uh, CIOs that you'd give? I, you can outsource several components or uh, parts of the operation of a corporation. Uh, cybersecurity protection is probably one of those uh, that you do not want to do that with. Uh, with all the nation states that are involved, we see a lot of threats coming from outside the United States or outside of the European Union. I think that having your cybersecurity practices held locally and, and frankly, procuring products and services that are locally uh, cr created, developed is, is really important. Uh, we've, there are a number of articles out there about cybersecurity issues that have come up with other uh, production of products offshore and are there uh, components, uh, adverse components or parts or firmware, software, or silicon that are going in that might eventually then compromise those particular uh, products. There are ways to have at least uh, made in TAA countries, that's uh, Trade Agreement Authorization, uh, Trade Agreement Act. If you can have TAA products or even better yet, uh, locally made, if you're a U.S.-based company like a DOD, federal customer, having things that are made in the USA, products that are made there are really health and certainly their vetted personnel that are putting those together. If you're over in the European Union, then having something that made over there. Uh, but a number of companies uh, outside of even the United States trust something that's uh, made in a noteworthy location like the United States, for example, because we certainly are not one of those that are implanting uh, malware and compromised code uh, that's been highlighted so often in the press. So there is a really need, a, a unique need to keep some of the cybersecurity practices and some of the critical mission critical uh, products sourced locally. And although you can outsource and, and we rightly do that for uh, financial and economic needs, 
think the cybersecurity is one that you need to hold a little closer to the vest. Yeah, I agree with you, uh, Bob. On, I think the we didn't uh, speak a little. You didn't mention this about third-party software, the technology you buy, the hardware you buy. It's almost like blood diamonds, right? You want to make sure you're able to trace the antecedents of where they are manufactured, who owns them, because we've seen with nation states that if they're in certain geographies, you do run the risk. And we remember, I think it was Pitya or WannaCry was actually a third-party software with based in a certain nation, and then that's what created, right? So that's great feedback. And one thing that I share with CXOs, uh, Bob, is don't take help in defining your policies use a consulting agency, take help in integrating your hardware, software and the others, use an SI, but own the execution internally. But you know, things like uh, the monitoring center and the others, you're perfectly okay for you to outsource. Uh, getting somebody to do an assessment is good to get a third party assessment done. That's how, uh, that's some of the advice that I give uh, CXOs when I talk to them. Yeah, I think absolutely right. So you can, uh rely on those uh, uh, companies and firms that have solid expertise in doing that. Frankly, sometimes if you have a third party, they might be frankly more objective and forthcoming uh, with the information that they find rather than an internal assessment or audit. It's almost like doing an internal audit versus uh, financial audit versus an external. Sometimes the external uh, financial audit as an external cybersecurity assessment might be more objective and more uh, you know, forthcoming with some potential weaknesses that, that, that you have. So that's that's pretty pretty important to do and pretty important to select the right firm. Thank you, Bob. Appreciate your patience and going through three episodes with us. Thanks for the opportunity. Appreciate it. And to our listeners, thank you for um, tuning in as always. Appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed the session with uh, Bob and you will create a much better uh, workplace for all of us. Thank you and bye-bye.